This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Good morning and welcome to the Black and Blue Report on Good Friday. You are tuned in with Bree and Cassie. I love the intro. It gives, me, it gives my full name. Like, <laughs> I sound so regal and professional. I know. I feel like you never hear anyone's like full name anymore. So she's like, no one ever calls me Cassie Calvert. You know? Wait, like, what's your full name? Well, Cassandra. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, see, it doesn't say Cassandra Calvert. I don't Calvert. go by that. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So it is a big weekend in basketball because it's the kickoff of NBA playoffs tomorrow. We have four games on Saturday, four games on Easter Sunday. It'll be a great weekend. Which matchups are you most looking forward to, Cassie? Yeah, I think there's some good ones in this first series, which isn't always the case. I think Pacers-Cavs kicks everything off tomorrow at 2 on ABC, and I think that's a fun one because you remember the Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron James' <laughs> ear from uh, like a couple years ago? That. Exactly, so I'm really hoping. I just tune, I'm just i for sure tuning into that series, hoping we get something like that again. Um, also on Saturday, I think Jazz-Clippers is an interesting matchup. The Jazz have kind of flown under the radar this season. Mm. Clippers always struggle with really bad luck, and they have Austin Rivers out right now, but... Clippers might be kind of like blowing the ship up this summer. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they can make one last run with their core. So I'm interested to see how that series plays out. I really think it could swing either way. So that one's going to be a fun one. Any matchup with the number four and five team, it's kind of a toss up. Yeah, absolutely. So that game's at 930 on ESPN on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Hawks-Wizards, I think, is going to be fun at 12. That's the first game on Sunday. The Wizards are just a really fun team to watch right now. Mm-hmm. But the Hawks have also been playing really, really good basketball. They have really two good wins against Cleveland. So they could give the Wizards a run for their money, but I think ultimately the Wizards are going to come out on top. I'm just interested to see how far the Wizards can go. And then Bulls-Celtics at 530 on TNT on Sunday. I'm not really so intrigued i think the celtics are gonna (laughs) win but i think again boston's a really fun team to watch isaiah thomas is just having an awesome year i think if westbrook and harden weren't blowing everyone out of the water isaiah thomas could like be in the conversation for mvp Mm -hmm. he's just so been so clutch in the fourth quarter this season he's so outperformed what people think he would do so i just i find him really cool and then harden westbrook at 8 p.m on tnt on sunday absolutely (laughs) I mean, the Hawk about like an incredible matchup. You have two guys who really either one could be the MVP this season. Westbrook has done something we've never seen anyone do, breaking Oscar Robertson's record. That's just incredible. I think James Harden also has the most double doubles this season. So you have the most triple doubles versus the most double doubles. <laughs> Rockets can obviously shoot from three at an incredible rate. So that's going to be interesting to see. Like, if the Rockets have an off shooting night, you could see the Thunder pull one out there. So I. Mm. I I think it's going to be fun. I think the Rockets will ultimately, just because of their shooting, they have more pieces to work with. Westbrook is really propelling that Thunder team, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, you know, I've been rooting for the Thunder. I mean, they've had a great – they've been up and coming this past couple seasons, Mm -hmm. and now you can see Russell Westbrook really shine without Kevin Durant there. And, you know, of course he's off with the Warriors now, and, you know, he's been doing great. He's back from being injured and all of that, but – I'm I'm pulling for the Thunder. I don't know if they're going to beat the Rockets, but it'll be great to see them 
shine. You certainly can't underestimate the power of Russell Westbrook to just propel that team forward. Like you've seen yeah. him do it all season. <laughs> even his teammates have said like he is capable of getting them a win, which mm-hmm. like you can't really say about that many players, maybe like LeBron, guys like that. But he just has so much I don't know if it's energy, like what it is. He just has that drive in him. Like he's determined to win games. So, and I think the two coaching matchups there are really interesting. You have Mike D'Antoni, who's really kind of a revolutionized the game with the the pace at which the Rockets shoot the three. And then Billy Donovan has been great for the Thunder as well. So I think you're going to have two really good coaches going at each other. It's going to be fun. <laughs> It'll I'm be excited. Great matchup. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. So on the football side, we are moving on with our NFL draft previews today. We are going to talk about the Bears at number three. The Bears. Yeah. <laughs> the Bears had a rough, a rough year. Three and 13. Yeah, three and 13. Oh. Not the best. They're also without Jay Cutler. So I'm really interested to hear what Arthur Arkush is going to say he's expecting out of their draft this season. He's a senior editor, editor of Pro Football Weekly. So really interested in his insight. Bears have done a lot in free agency, but they have a lot of needs still to address going to the draft. So Definitely. that'll be we'll be interested to see what he says. And then we're also going to recap Pelican season. All the players, um, Coach Gentry and Del Dems, all talked to the media yesterday for the final time for this season. So we're going to hear their thoughts on wrapping up the year. Should be a good show. Absolutely, always <laughs> is. So Such coming up us. next, we are going to talk about the Bears draft, and we have a great show for you, like we said, so stick around. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and safety specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We are on the phone right now with Senior Editor of Pro Football Weekly, Arthur Arkish. Hey, Arthur, how are you this morning? I am doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. How are you guys? We're doing great. We just want to talk a little bit of draft for you. Um, the Chicago Bears, they ended up finishing the season at 3-13. and 13. So I just want your insight a little bit. Give me an idea of what the main goal of the Bears is going into this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think it's to, to show significant progress uh, in year two of the Ryan Pace, John Fox regime, as you just alluded to. They dropped to 3-13 and 13 from 
uh, from five and eleven. So it's been uh, or from six and ten. Excuse me, it's five and eleven the year before they arrived. So uh, they need to show that they have a, a clear direction. Um, at least, I think, because John Fox is entering uh, the second-to-last year of his contract, and uh, I think it's in a bit of a tenuous state. So it's been a very busy free agent period. They, they've signed, I think, as many players as any other team in the league, uh, but they kind of went for, I think, quantity over quality. So they've got to find some, some early difference makers in the draft and, and picking third overall, and then obviously a 35th uh, should be in pretty good position to do so, I would think. Yeah, you mentioned that number three pick. You have Solomon Thomas or Ohio State cornerback Marshawn Lattimore going to the Bears there. Why do you think those two are the most likely? Thomas has been a name that's been thrown around a lot for the 49ers at two. So if he's gone, do you think it will be Lattimore? Yeah, I mean, great question. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating year in the draft because it seems like it's Miles Garrett and everyone else. So I think everyone picking two through five, even two through ten, uh, has as much uncertainty right now. But uh, Solomon Thomas obviously has been a, a major riser really ever since that destructive bowl game against North Carolina. Uh, blew the combine uh, out of the water with his athleticism. And uh, uh, I think he's the type of kind of flexible, movable piece that Vic Fangio would love to have up front on his defense. But as you said, there's been a lot of talk about the 49ers and keeping Thomas close to home. Uh, If that were to happen, I I think that a number of guys would be in play. Marshawn Lattimore is the top corner on our board, and that was probably the weakest position on the Bears last year. Um, you've got those two safeties, particularly Malik Hooker, uh, who's got some special in him. It's the only reason we're talking about a safety that high. And then I don't think you can rule out a quarterback because, uh, yes, the Bears went out and signed Mike Glennon to a three-year deal up to $45 million. It's really a one-year deal at about $18.5 million, an opportunity to prove himself uh, as a full-time starter for the first time. Um, but I don't think the Bears are, are – I think it's a bit of a long shot to expect Mike Glennon to turn into the future franchise quarterback. So uh, you're not going anywhere in the league without one. And I do think they need to continue to explore their options, potentially as high as number three with someone like uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, They hope to not be drafting this high again. And if you are, I guess it makes it easier to rationalize reaching a little bit at that position. Yeah, you mentioned that they've shown a lot of interest in the the quarterbacks through March and the throughout the draft workouts, things like that. They've only drafted three quarterbacks in the Jay Cutler area. Does that does that kind of left them scrambling a little bit now that they are without him? Yeah, it's an astute point by you. The Bears and the Cowboys and the Texans are the only teams not to spend a, a top third-round pick uh, since 2003 at the quarterback position. So it's really interesting because the Cowboys hit the lotto last year with Dak Prescott, obviously. But look at where the Texans are. Uh, absolutely desperate at the position, and I think the Bears maybe, uh, you know, the outside perspective at least was that they acted a little bit out of desperation, maybe bid against themselves in the Mike Glennon kind of sweepstakes. There really never was a sweepstakes. That's kind of the whole point. But, um, yeah, Ryan Pace, it's year three. It's his third draft. He's had 15 draft picks, none of them spent at quarterback. So um, I think bringing in Glennon Glennon maybe – uh, buys him a little leniency, but I would be pretty stunned if they didn't draft a quarterback at some point in this draft and, and probably in the top three rounds. You wrote that your favorite position group in this draft is tight ends. What stands out to you so much about this class? 
Yeah, just absurd athleticism and upside. Um, when you're talking about guys, everyone knows O.J. Howard out of Alabama. He's going to be a top ten pick. He's going to be the first tight end off the board because he can do it all, uh, which makes him rare not only in this draft but really in today's NFL guys who are uh, as adept at blocking as they are at stretching the field and, and being red zone and intermediate threats, and I think he's going to be that. Uh, but when you look after him, you got maybe two other first-rounders in Miami's uh, David Njoku and Mississippi's Evan Ingram. And you just keep going down the list, and you see these guys that just have freakish uh, upside, whether it's Gerald Everett of uh, South Alabama, or maybe it's West Alabama, actually, excuse me, um, Bucky Hodges out of Virginia. It, there's just a, a deep pool of prospects um, that look like they've got really an opportunity to, to stress defense at the next level with their size and speed. So um, it's a fun group. I do think there are going to be some future stars in this group. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because everyone's looking for those difference makers from the tight end position in today's NFL. And uh, we're one year removed from it being a horrible draft. And, and now you've got a pretty special one and uh, a pretty good one for safeties, too, the guys that are going to be uh, tasked with, with covering these tight ends for years to come. Do you think there's any situation where Chicago might trade down from their number three pick in order to get more draft picks overall? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that may be the best. Um, I think that could be the best scenario for them if they're able to pick up a couple extra uh, selections later in the draft. I mean, we talked about how it's Miles Garrett and everyone else. So uh, I don't obviously know what their draft board is and how many uh, guys they have as can't-miss prospects in that spot. Um, but I know with as many holes as the Bears have, they're not the type of team that's a player or two away. Um, so I think there is definitely some uh, some advantage potentially to, to adding more picks and kind of having more shots uh, in this draft, which is considered to be a deep one. And uh, Ryan Pace has been very aggressive trading up and down in his first couple years as a GM. Last year went up and got Leonard Floyd, uh, but we've seen him collect picks as well. And um, I could see that type of scenario for sure, especially with all the needs they have in their secondary, uh, some of the deepest positions in this draft. And then again, at quarterback, if they don't strike at the top, uh, we assume they have to they have to get one somewhere. And it's actually a pretty good group. I think that the quarterback position in this draft is probably not getting the credit it deserves because there's no Andrew Luck or Cam Newton. But um, I think there's a lot of guys who've got future starter traits. And I also think uh, uh, you may be able to find a couple of them into the middle rounds. You mentioned the quarterback class being somewhat underrated. Are there any particular guys, maybe in other position groups as well, that you think are kind of flying under the radar, even though that's sort of hard to do with all the scrutiny on the draft now? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Let me see if I can throw a couple your way. Uh, there's not a lot of people talking about this offensive line group in general. Um, mm -hmm. Some people saying it's, it's the worst we've seen in like a decade, both at the edges and inside, but – uh, one of the top names is Utah's Garrett Bowles. I'm not a huge Garrett Bowles fan, but I really like his teammate, Isaac Isiata. Uh, he's a guard. He's a, a big, powerful, tough guy uh, who I think is going to have a chance to, to contribute sooner than later. Uh, and I think maybe is flying a little bit under the radar because of Garrett Bowles. If you had asked me this question 72 hours ago, I probably would have very quickly said Mississippi's Chad Kelly, the quarterback there. He's a little bit controversial. Um, wasn't he was invited to the combine and then had his uh, his invite rescinded for some off field issues, uh, but now he's I believe just had some wrist surgery and he's not even going to be in position to start throwing for three or four months. So um, maybe there's a potential bargain there because of the injuries and the off field concerns, but I think he's a lot more talented than where he's going to get drafted. 
Um, you know, there's even some premium picks. Derek Barnett out of Tennessee, a name I've seen mocked frequently to the Saints. Um, I know he's going to be a, a top 15 pick, but uh, somehow I think that still may make him underrated. I mean, the guy broke Reggie White's sack records, and we're not talking about him, uh, I don't think, as much as we should be. So um, those are just a, a kind of a, a couple names I think um, are worth monitoring. I'll give you one more. Raquan McMillan, the linebacker out of Ohio State, I think is a first-round pick, and you're not seeing him show up in a lot of first-round mocks. But uh, I'd anticipate that's going to uh, probably be where he ends up uh, going here in two weeks. Wow, some really great insight there. Thank you. We appreciate that. Arthur, we really appreciate your time this morning. This has been really informative, so we appreciate it. Of course, the pleasure's all mine. Have fun. Uh, enjoy these last couple of weeks. I know it feels like it's going to take forever, but hopefully <laughs> it'll go by pretty quickly. It always does. It's such an exciting time, though. Absolutely, and have a wonderful holiday weekend, everyone. Thank you. You too. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Bayou Country Superfest is coming to New Orleans, starring Blake Shelton. Miranda Lambert. Brooks and Dunn. Rascal Flats. Thomas Rhett. Hank Williams Jr. Friends are coming over tonight. And more. Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through 28th at the air-conditioned Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Tickets on sale now with Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, Brooks and Dunn, Rascal Flats, Thomas Rhett, Hank Williams Jr., Fred Eldridge, Old Dominion, and more. Plus a free kickoff concert, May 26th. For hotel info, visit BayouCountrySuperfest.com. Sponsored in part by Bud Light, the official beer of the Bayou Country Superfest. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Yesterday afternoon, the Pelicans players had their final media availability for this season, and we heard from them, Coach Gentry and Del Demps. We're going to play you a little bit of what they had to say yesterday. First, we're going to hear from Etwan Moore. He talked about kind of finding his role with the Pelicans this season and his expectations going into this season, getting to play with Jordan Crawford, having them be that spark off the bench together. And then we'll also hear from Tim Frazier, who's going to tell you a little bit about his pitch to Drew Holiday to have him re-sign, including some baked goods. So fun <laughs> fun from Tim and Etwan coming up. Right. You come away from the season <laughs> kind of thinking right. that this is 
two years in one, sort of pre-DeMarcus, post-DeMarcus, or was did you kind of look at it as a whole? How do, how do you sort of evaluate this whole year? I mean, it still was a whole season. Um, I mean, every game count. I mean, even the games at the beginning when we didn't have a lot of guys and, you know, we were struggling. Um, then we started to pick it up. So, you know, it's still all one season. How did this, like, just playing in the season kind of match your anticipation when you signed here? Um... I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, when I first came, of course, we wanted to make the playoffs. You know, that was my goal, um, you know, but, you know, we fell short of that. So, you know, this just gives us ammunition and, you know, motivate us for next season, you know, have something to reach. Which one, when you think back to not making the playoffs, what's the one thing you think this team was missing? The one thing was missing? Um, I don't know. I know this year we had a lot of different lineups, a lot of different people in and out and stuff, you know, so I know that played a little factor in it, but... Um, you know, at the same time, we still just got to go out and try to win games. But uh, I think if we have everyone, you know, from the beginning of the year, I think uh, it'll be a lot better. Do you think, obviously, the non-playoff season, people are usually a little upset, maybe guys were let down, but do you think that's different this year because of having DeMarcus and Anthony that maybe, you know, there's a little more positivity knowing the future could be bright? I don't know. For me personally, um, as long as we, you know what I'm saying, went out there and just fought hard and, you know, did the best we can, um, you know, that's all we can ask for. Of course, we disappointed um, that we didn't make it, but you know, I'm not mad as long as we go out there and, you know, paying our head on the line and, you know, just go out there and fight. And I think we did that this year. Uh, we had a lot of fighting, and so just had to do that. Do you like the role you settled into at the end of the season, kind of that second, you know, playing off guard in that second unit? Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see over the summer. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, if it's going to stay like that or go on a starting role or, you know, I don't know. It's just whatever works best for the team, honestly. You know, to me, um, I mean, who doesn't want to start, you know? It definitely look cool, but, um, you know, if it's best when you come off the bench, you know, help us win games, then I'm with it. Do you feel you and Jordan complemented each other in some ways? Did his addition make a difference, you think, to that second unit? Oh, yeah, most definitely because, um, you know, he could definitely score the ball. Um at a high level, and um, you know me, I, you know I, I can score too. Um, but you know I also you know be like a second facilitator also. So um, I definitely like playing with him. Things obviously didn't uh, end the way you guys wanted uh, that last home stretch. But do you feel like you guys kind of figured out what it took to win with AD and uh, Demarcus during that month of March? Oh yeah, uh, we knew coming in from the beginning uh, when the trade happened that it would take us some time to gel and. You know, get used to playing with each other because it's definitely a totally different style than we was playing before the trade. So um, I think uh, we, we got an idea you know, of how we want to play, and I think it'll be better next year. Yeah. Which one, who's the MVP? You said who's the MVP? Um, I don't know, man. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> don't put me on the spot. But no, um, I said. Um, Man, I think it's hard not to give it to Westbrook just with the um, things he done that we never saw before. I mean, well, Oscar Robertson, but he surpassed that, you know, of all the triple doubles and how hard he go out there and play. So if he got it, that wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad decision. Is it disappointing for you, for AD, just to look at his numbers, but he just doesn't have the wins to kind of be in that conversation? Are you disappointed for him? Um, yeah, I mean, I never really thought about it. But, um, yeah, of course, um, I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of the game. I mean, if you win, everything is a lot better. You get a lot more accolades. So the more we win, more individual success will come. What's the uh, offseason look like for you? 
um, you know, obviously resting and you know, try to get better. Uh, the biggest thing is to try to improve and be the best I can be and be better than I was this year. How different was this year for you from last year? Last year, kind of earning your spot on the team now, kind of making yourself, you know, a, a established part of this rotation. What was that like for you? Um, you know, it's obviously a great feeling to be part of the rotation. Like I said, I've been bouncing around the last the first two years, and now to have a solid year, you know, be with one team throughout the full, full entire year, you know, it was a good feeling, you know, but I know I got a lot of, a long ways to go. What well, maybe specifically have you talked to them about or just want to improve over the offseason? I've always been a, I've always been a person that, uh, that believed that you know, even the stuff that I'm good at, then I can always get better at. So I, I can't pinpoint something that I really want to focus on. Obviously, shooting, defensive, getting stronger as well. You know, and a lot of it's just being um, a student of the game. I think that'll help me in the long runs, being a student of the game. You know, I'm gonna enjoy watching these playoffs, and you know, as a fan, but also someone that's gonna be trying to take away things that can help me in the future. Did you enjoy playing with Drew Holiday? Because uh, Coach said that it opened up Drew Holiday's game. That's where he was could focus on scoring and stuff like that. Of course, man. Even when he, you know, his first game back, you know, first couple of games back, we were able to get on the court back, and I think we won four games in a row. And I knew then that you know I was able to play with him. And I even look back to last year in the last couple of games before you know he was injured, and we played well together. You know, it gives us two options, two ball handlers on the court, two guys that can make plays for others, and um, it can take some pressure off him as well. So what's the scoop? What's it going to take to get him to stay here? I don't know. I'm trying everything I everything I can. You know, I, won't, I don't want to tell you guys everything that I've done, but you know, I've definitely pushed as hard as I can to try to get him to stay. Oh, now you got to tell us a couple. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm going to be baking some things and giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're close with Anthony. How is he? You know, obviously it's another non-playoff season, mm-hmm. but because of Demarcus, does he seem? in a good spike going forward? I think he definitely is. You know, I, you look at our season, you know, you think about the first, well, I don't know how many games Drew missed you know, due to his wife. You take those games out, take out the first couple of games that, um, you know, we got the markets in the transition to trying to change and get better. And I think that we're looking at some a different, different. we wouldn't be having this meeting right now. I think I think that we'd be in the playoffs. I think um, guys would, um, would still be getting in the gym, getting ready for practice. But I think AD is, you know, he's looking forward to next year. I know he has playoffs on, playoffs on his mind, and I'm, a, I'm hoping to help him achieve it. Has management talked anything about changes that or positions that they need that they want to address or things that they want to do this offseason? Nah, you guys? they haven't talked to me about it. I think that's more, you know, the guys up top and um, above. I'm sure they, you know, they've been working around the clock to figure out what's needed for us to help uh, help us out next year and um, be a playoff team. I think the second half of the season for you helps solidify, you know, just where you are in, in the NBA and where you can be in this rotation going forward after getting lost in there for a little bit? I don't know if it solidifies. One thing I've known, you know, being these first three years that as much as you think that you're there or you're happy, you man, things can change in a heartbeat. So, you know, I'll just take it day by day, try to get better every day and see what, what all I can do to help the team win. Tim, you had a triple-double this year. How much can you appreciate what Russell's done with all the triple-doubles he's had? Yeah, I mean, the guy's amazing, freak athlete. And, and from what I've heard, from what I've heard and asked around, you know, I watch it on TV every day, but just his work ethic and what he does throughout the summer, throughout the year, and, you know what I mean, basically attributes to, you know, what he's done you know, by making history. You know, all I know, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And, you know, to say I had a triple-double in the NBA is – it's pretty awesome, you know. Obviously, to say I did it at the same time, Russell Westbrook and James and LeBron, all those guys went crazy this season doing it. Who's your MVP uh, pick? My MVP, uh, I don't know. 
Uh, it's hard to pick that. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in that predicament to have to pick. But obviously you can't go wrong with Russell. And you can't go wrong with James for what he's done with the team and you know, how he's performed, both of them. I mean, you, actually all the, all the candidates, they, they all they all have um, background and, and stats and stuff to prove that they're, they're AVPs. Like you said, it took a couple weeks to kind of figure out how to uh, get the markets involved with what you guys were mm-hmm. doing. But do you think during that month of March you guys were able to kind of figure out what it'll take to win on a consistent basis? Definitely. I don't know what our record was, but I know we ended up having a winning record since he's been on the team, since he's played, you know. But um, like you said, like you said, it takes a while to you bring in another dominant force, a dominant player that's you know dominant with the ball, and, and, and it takes a while to really get to know, you know, where he wants the ball, where he wants to do with it, how he can be effective as uh, as much as possible and help us win. So you know, it took us a couple games, but we started to hit a stride and guys started to play well. Guys started to figure out stuff, and and we get the ground rolling. It's a much better feeling going into this offseason, perhaps, and, uh, as opposed to the last one where you're kind of uncertain where you're going to be and stuff like that? Yeah, but like I said, <laughs> you never know. But, um, you know, it obviously it feels good to, you know, know that I have some type of certainty of, you know, hopefully that being able to help the team next year. How important is it for the franchise as a whole to have consistency top to bottom, know uh, generally that this core of guys will be back, but head coaching staff, all those things? How important is it for you guys to be? I think that's huge. When you look at, you know, I watch basketball my entire life. You look at all the great teams and playoff teams. They have guys that, you know, have been there a couple of years, They've been together for a while, and play together because it's hard to keep bringing in new guys. Like as you can see, just bringing in Demarcus. How long it took us a couple of games to get used to it, but obviously we're gonna bring in new pieces and have new guys. But you know, if you keep that core group together, I think it'll benefit us in the long run. And coming up next, we're gonna wrap things up on today's. Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Stay tuned. Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved Slim and Trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins, along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. We're about to wrap things up on today's episode of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for tuning in. Again, big weekend for the NBA as playoffs kick off tomorrow, and then we'll also have other games on Saturday. Um, So it'll be a great NBA weekend, not necessarily for Pelicans fans, but just basketball fans in general. If you're a fan of the sport, it's going to be a fun weekend (laughs) regardless. Obviously, you want to see the Pelicans there, but 
we got to build off of this potential that we've seen from the end of the season. A lot of our young players showed a lot of talent. We heard from the guys earlier in today's show. So I think there's a lot of things to build on. You have DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis definitely coming back here. That's a really exciting time for the Pelicans. I think those are some things to focus on throughout the yeah, offseason. I know? think in the offseason, like training camp and all of that, they're going to really, like, they've started, you've started to see this chemistry form between them, and they'll really hone in on that and refine that for next season. I think next season is going to be a much better outcome than this season. Having a training camp where everyone's healthy would be a first for the Pelicans uh, in a while, yeah. so I think that would be... <laughs> Really exciting for Pelicans fans if that's the case to really have something to build on going into the season where you don't start the season in a hole like so many people talked about yesterday during the final media availability. Just starting 0-8, that's just a really tough thing to kind of dig your way out of. So some positives there for the Pelicans to build off of. Like Bree said, we have an exciting NBA playoff weekend. We will recap that on Monday. We'll also continue our NFL draft coverage, moving on to the number four pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So interested to see what they do with that. I'm excited for the draft. I think it's going to be interesting. There's not a lot of consensus on the, especially quarterbacks in this Mm -hmm. draft. Um, So definitely excited for that coming up in two weeks and like always the saints will have a show covering that to be your second screen um a lot of good things to look forward to the next couple weeks yeah we actually for the draft coverage we have the super Bowl draft Mm -hmm. party which is season ticket holders yeah um tickets are still available it's going to be saturday april 29th um during the draft i'll be working it at reporting from the field so if you do come, come find me, and maybe we'll put you up on NewOrleansSaints.com, a little draft coverage for you. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.